Hey guys, this is Mike from At The Bar Podcast, and we have a big announcement. The time has come, guys and gals. The time is finally here. Our store is online and ready to shop. Our CCC Cider, Cider Chug Club, I almost fucked that up, our Cider Chug Club shirts are now available in men's and women's, all sizes and colors. I know Jeff got one, right, Jeff? You got two got, of them. I got two. Yeah, I got me and I got Cassie one. Yeah. They're very nice. Yeah, they're nice. I got mine's coming in the mail. I haven't gotten mine's yet, but it's coming. So head on over to at the bar That is at the bar Look in the upper left, click on the store, and go and buy a shirt to support the show. And that's our plug for this episode, guys. So stay tuned to episode number 49. Hey guys, you just heard my voice. It's me, Mike, one of your co-hosts. This is episode 49, and joining me today is the usual suspect himself. That's it's me, Jeff. Jeff. What's up? Hey, buddy. Hi. Long time no see, buddy. I know, I know, I know. It's been forever. God, you know, we are uh, busy, man. We uh, took a sabbatical, I guess we can say, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> we needed to uh, We need to take a little break from the show and, and maybe not refocus, but take a break, you know? Sundays it can kind of be overwhelming at times with our schedules, but yeah, it's been it's been just tough. It's been uh, I've had I've had weekends, uh, weekend trips every weekend for the last month, pretty much. So I've had to be out of town quite a bit and haven't been able to to be on the show. So we took a little time, but it's it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back, absolutely, dude. It's for real. I was I was really excited when uh, we were going to record tonight. I got all amped and ready to go. But uh, I know you went to uh, Virginia, and maybe on a future episode, once we exchange the beers, we can uh, kind of talk about that trip and the beer scene in Virginia. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, this episode it has been decided. It's that time of year, everybody. GABF, the Great American Beer Festival. There was it was the beginning of last month. So pretty much right when we took our sabbatical, uh, GABF happened in Colorado as always, and the results are in. And I, Jeff, have you have you uh, taken a peek at the uh, the winners this year? I have just briefly. I haven't dove into it too too much yet, but yes, I have seen some of the winners and seen kind of. Um, oh, my computer's doing weird shit. Uh, I've seen some of the winners and kind of dove into it. I like how it's sorted this year because you can kind of really discover what you're looking for, gold medals and search it by metal by state by whatever so yeah uh, I've, I've gone into it just briefly but not you know i haven't dove fully into it yet for sure yeah i like uh, i know when we did our, our episode last year it was 20 pages and we had to go through each style and find the winners and last yeah. year's um i have last year's pulled up so i'll refresh everyone's memory so last year's florida took the state of florida took home two awards both silvers uh, the first one was by Coppertail out of Tampa. Their slam piece won silver in the field beer. And then our good friends at Red Cypress, as most of us can remember, took silver for their deep roots under the German-style alt beer category. Um, oh, here are the awards right here. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I'll get in that in a second. So this year, Jeff, Florida won more awards, which is great for us and and for the state and for the uh, the local craft beer uh, community here um i'm gonna be a little selfish and a little cocky and pat, i'm gonna pat a, us on the back jeff we're validated yeah we we are 100 validated off these results the things we've been preaching for the last year have come to fruition <laughs> mm -hmm. we did it 
So I'm going to go down the list here of, of the website. This I'm on the greatamericanbeerfestival.com, the winners. I'm going to go straight down the list for Florida. Uh, first spot, w- winning silver uh, is by Big Top Brewing out of Sarasota. The Ringmaster Raspberry Berliner took silver for the Berliner, Berliner style Weiss of, for this year. So Big Top, local Sarasota. Uh, we may have drank one of their beers on the show. I don't remember, but they do really good stuff. Uh the Hawaiian line, most of you might recall, is that's that brewery. So they do good the good beers there. They do, yeah. I like their can art and everything. They're a cool little brewery. I, I definitely think they're they're underrated uh, mm-hmm. as as a whole. Um, everything they do is, is pretty spectacular. So Raspberry Berliner wins silver. Next on the list, taking gold, mischievous black by six ten in Tampa uh, for their dark lager category. And I know. That when I came back from Tampa a couple episodes ago, I was ran and raving about how good 610 was. You really were, yeah. I was our uh, mid-year awards for 2017, which was I think a month ago, month two months ago. Uh, we did a uh, like a mid-year update for our 2017 awards. That that show is coming out in December. I was big on 610. They took home gold in a dark lager category. So, fuck yeah, man, absolutely. And then. The biggest hurrah, Jeff. I saw this and I just screamed because I was so excited. This is taking, the one. Take, this is it. Taking gold for the field beer. Lauder Ale Seaporter, dude. Yes. Yes. We You've did it. You've been obsessed with Seaporter since the first time that it touched your lips. My lips. And it was on air. The first time it hit my mouth. And I've been talking about this beer nonstop. This is a war-winning beer. This beer is the best coconut dark beer i've ever had to date more so than any of the funky buddhas more so than the hawaiian line this coconut porter is the best to as i'm saying it the best i've ever had and they took gold jeff we did it (laughs) we didn't do anything besides drink but but they did it and we just happened we just happened to be fanboys (laughs) we fanboy hard over but I, I couldn't be more happy. Little Lauderdale. I'm, I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy. Great for brewery. Them. Great brewery. Yeah. Great guys and, and great beer. So yeah. John, man. yeah, that's a good one. Good, good dude. Every time I, I went down there last, recognized me sitting to, with, drinking with my buddy Derek. He's like, Mike? And I was like, What's up, John? So those are good, people <laughs> down there. good people down there. So below that, taking silver in the field beer category. So this is Florida one first and second. Taking silver, funky Buddhas, no crusts. Yeah, surprised on that one. What about? I'm a little surprised. Was, yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's a good beer. Good, good beer, good brewery. Say what you want about them selling out. I don't care. <laughs> they do good beer. Uh, next below them, taking bronze for the Imperial Stout category, which is very impressive for taking bronze. This is one of Jeff's favorites. Yes, it Up is. Up a little north. In Vero Beach, uh, Walking Tree, their Duke mm-hmm. Snyder's Imperial Stout. That's a I surprise. Love, I love that brewery, though. Everything that they, uh, that I've tried from them, all the different styles they put out, are all executed extremely well. And um, I've been a, a fan of theirs since I kind of came across them, maybe six or seven months ago. And uh, I, I'm really, I'm not surprised that they meddled. I'm surprised they meddled for that beer because I've I've never had it or heard of it. So. Um, and I and I try a lot of their stuff, so I figured 
if they were going to medal for something, it'd be one of their beers that I've had before, but it just so happens that it's one of the ones I haven't. And now I have another reason to try another one of their beers and see, <laughs> and see, I know I'm going to love it. Obviously, yeah. uh, Imperial Stout's right up my alley. So, Oh, absolutely. Maybe I might pull up that category, but I, I have, a, I mean, congratulations to them. But like you said, I was, I'm not surprised they medal, but I'm surprised they got it in the Imperial Stout. That's a tough category, man. Yeah. I can only imagine the kind of beers that were submitted. I'm a big fan of their white IPA. I am too. That's my favorite of their beers. I can't remember the name specifically, but their white IPA is just as good as the highlight. It's just called white IPA. Is it? Okay. Well then there you go. Problems off. All right. So going down the line, uh, this one, this brewery won two awards, both gold, uh, their beer in the ordinary or specialty bitter category. Three ton by Brew Hub. So they, they won gold in a category that I don't really understand that category, but gold's a gold. And then their the most probably the most questionable award, maybe not just in Florida, but for the entire festival. Uh their Rome City IPA won gold for their session IPA category for GBF. Yep. And we'll get into that once I get and then we got one left. I want to get in the Rome City after I mention this next beer. And the last beer to metal. Uh, milk bone by Pinellas Ale Works in St. Pete, and they got silver in the sweet stout or cream stout. Now they, Jeff, Pinellas Ale Works is right catty corner from Cage. Oh, really? Um, yes, They're, they share the same uh, four-way intersection. Last time that I was at in Tampa, I went to Cage, or when I was in St. Pete for a concert, yep. I went to Cage, and I probably should have walked across there and went to Pinellas. I didn't even know they were there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the weekends we we uh couldn't record you were at a, in St. Pete. I saw that. I saw your cage hat. Looks sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a badass hat. So we have to we have to kind of we have, I feel like we have to touch into this session IPA. The Rome City won gold. A lot of the craft beer enthusiasts were really kind of upset that it won because the ABV is, I believe, five point eight or five point nine, which stylistically is too high for a session ipa yeah you would think Uh, normally sessions are below five yeah um but a lot of people got upset about that and with 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 right reason i believe but uh they won i mean what do you think i i think that gabf is um i think it's flawed i think it's flawed from the ground up uh i think that if if you're gonna I don't like the idea that breweries can submit beers under whatever category they view it as dependent on what competition they, they stand to face. If you're submitting the beer, then you should choose your beer that you're submitting and GABF should choose what category it fits into. Like there shouldn't be any kind of like, well, I don't want to submit it under this category or this name because they're going to, because it has to face a lot more competition there. So I'm going to enter it against something that has less competition. Like, I, I don't know. The whole thing is so weird to me because every yeah. year we talk about how there's, you know, well, that beer won for this category. And we're like, it's not even that style of beer, you know, right. like, agreed. So, so this session ale thing, well, shit. Any, I mean, I would enter any pale ale against a session ale or as, as a session IPA because, nobody's brewing session IPAs anymore. So like you're, you stand to have way less competition in that category than in the IPA category. Right. Where, where everybody has one. So, um, 
No, I could see why people are upset about that, but the only way to fix it is to stop letting the breweries decide what they're submitting their beer under. I agree with that 100%. I, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, and the counter argument could be that the styles are being so blended to where if you like a sour IPA, is that what is that? Is that going to be an IPA or is that going to be a sour? Is it going to be under specialty? Is it going to be under field beer? Like, breweries are blending multiple style styles very well together to where it's, it's becoming a what it, what style is it beer right and I, and I can see how that can be difficult for the gabf to kind of decipher in order to make breweries happy so i can see why or the reasoning behind them be like well we're gonna let the brewery choose but there should be criteria that should be kind of set in stone of if you want to submit it as a session it has to be under five percent or four percent whatever the case is right i mean when you're released when you're when you're submitting a beer that you say you said it's 5.8 percent alcohol or something yeah. that's the one that won the yeah. session yeah, um the, the the rome city by brew hub you can't i mean to me uh, i don't I, this is just my personal take and i know there's like a hard number or maybe there isn't i don't really know what constitutes session ale um, when I first was taught about it and when they first kind of came around, it was 4% was the, was the number, right. but that's, that's like really low. Um, so I don't think that that necessarily, to me, my thing was if it's weaker than macro beers, then it's session. Like that's the way I view it because sure. a macro beer is somewhere in the five to mid five range of alcohol for the most part. Right. So I'm like anything weaker than that can constitutes a session beer to me. But if you're putting a beer that's like 5.8%, that's just a regular beer. Like that's that's not that's just a regular normal beer. That's yeah. a normal beer. That's not a session ale. Like you're not doing anybody any favors. Like, hey man, I made this week for you so that you could drink more of them. No, you didn't. You made me a regular fucking beer. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, I don't know. But they obviously they the strategy worked out for them they decided they wanted to submit it under something where there was less, you know, less competition. And now, and then they got a gold medal for it. So, yeah, it's, it's one, it's tricky. It's one of those things where, you know, it's, I mean, is brew hub really a, a brewery? I mean, I mean, they brew there, but they do all contract work, but well, they don't do all contract work. They nah, do most of the contract they have, work. They have their, their own little, they brew some stuff. Beers. Yeah, they do. I just, to me, that whole thing, I mean, that's a whole different bag of issues, but if I, I don't know how I would entrust anybody to brew my beers for me if they also brew their own beers. Right. How, how can I, you, I how can you turn over your recipes to essentially a competitive or competitor or, or somebody who you know i mean i i don't know i don't know because i don't know how their contract brewing works or anything like that either but i to me it just seems like a, a weird kind of a lot of gray area that could potentially go wrong with you brewing out of a place that's brewing against you right so while while you were talking i looked up so i looked up the jbf winners for the session ipa rome city ipa by brew have one gold Patio Pounder by Twisted Pine Brewing in Boulder, Colorado took silver. Mm -hmm. And then Featherweight Session IPA by Boxing Bear Brewery, uh, Brewing out of Albuquerque, New Mexico won bronze. So if you look up Patio Pounder, who wants one silver on untapped, it's listed as a Session IPA at 4.7%. So take that as you will. 
untapped isn't necessarily the most accurate thing, but who the fuck cares? But if you look under the same beer, under Beer Advocate, it's listed un- as a pale ale. What is Patio Pounder? Patio Pounder on Beer Advocate, which is maybe slightly more accurate than untapped, it's listed as an American pale ale. But untapped yeah. has it has a session IPA. Right. And obviously those are different styles of beer, but why are they different on you know two sites and just for shits and giggles, rate beer also has it listed under a session IPA. Well, this is I mean, that's just like that whole argument of now, you know, nowadays, what's the difference between a stout and a porter? And like, you know, there is a, a, a classical difference that goes into the malts and everything. But but now, you know, what's the difference between a stout and a porter? Could the way that, like you were saying, people are blending styles and doing all these different and interesting things. And, and what I've, you know, what a lot of brewers and people who I've talked to have said is the only difference between a stout and a porter is whichever one you choose to put on the label. And like, I feel like if you're submitting your beer in GABF, you need to stick to whatever the label says it is. Or you, I mean, there needs to be rules. Like you can't, you can't, because, because let's be honest, that, that session IPA is probably like, you know, chemically or, or by recipe also a pale ale. Or you know what I mean? Like they t- it, it tastes like it could be a pale ale. It could be a session IPA. They're right. both very similar styles. That is that just comes down to brewer's intent and whatever they decided to call it. Agreed. So so in order for you to decipher between a pale ale and a session IPA, in, to some degree, you just have to pick a fucking name and put it on the bottle. But then you can't change that when you go to submit it for GABF. Like you have to stick to that style. That's what you wanted it to be. That's what you brewed it. That was your intent. Now you find out there's more competition in that particular style. Maybe you should have thought about that before you branded it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you can't you can't renege on that now and go back and say, nope, never mind. Now it's a session ale. A session ale. Yeah, that's just shysty. That's very shysty. So just for uh, that beer, uh, the ABV is four point seven percent, and I'm looking at the bronze medal winner, the featherweight session IPA. By Boxing Bear Brewing out of Albuquerque, untapped lists that at 4% ABV, which is, that's in style for a session IPA. Yeah. So somehow along the way, a 5.8, 5.9% IPA, one session, when it's ABV does not make it a session, it makes it a lower ABV IPA standard. I was going to say, I guess the only the only justification for that is that a typical IPA is is typically at least a little bit higher like in the sixes um you know sixes to you know right low sevens i guess would be like your typical ipa sure but so i guess in that respect yeah it is a little tiny bit weaker but it's not i mean but it's not a session beer like that's it's not, it's not. like you can't just okay it's weaker it's a, it's a weaker ipa that's it's not a session ipa you know right. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, going across, so I looked up the oh shit, uh, the winners for the Imperial Stout, the one that um oh god, Walking Tree uh, meddled in. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting core. Uh, we won't get into, and in we're not gonna break it down with what we find interesting, just because it's gonna it's too much time. But um, 
Imperial Stout, Duke Snyder, Imperial Stout by Walk Draft. Vera Beach took bronze. The other two winners, Stouts, are both from Pennsylvania. The Russian by 2SP Brewing took gold out of Aston, Pennsylvania. And Russian Imperial Stout by Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant in Media, Pennsylvania took silver. So I find this interesting because Pennsylvania beers aren't much of a hit in Florida outside of Yingling. And which our Yingling's brewed in Tampa anyway, so it, it's, it is what it is. But do you think Florida Stouts can can fight and, and battle with Pennsylvania Stouts where the water is not as harsh compared to Florida? Even though Flor- I, we said on the show, Florida Stouts, I think, are way better than what they're giving credit to because our water is so hard that it, it plays better in our Stouts than, say, our lighter beers or our IPAs. But I, I kind of want to know what you think of – Maybe water profile, or you think Florida Stouts are underrated? I I think uh, I mean, <laughs> well, I think that one of I think one of my favorite stouts ever is made by Red Cypress Brewing. So uh, in Florida, uh, Death Roll is a perfect stout, you know. So in my opinion, I mean, you you can't find a more perfect representation of a stout than that beer. Um, it's delicious. So, and I believe you're drinking one right now, a little treated I'm one. The, I am drinking the Imperial S'mores Death Roll that came out yesterday. The Imperial S'mores Death Roll, which is, you'll be having, you'll be having it hopefully soon. So you, you, so you say something like Imperial S'mores Death Roll coming out of a brewery from Central Florida, and ask if if you think that we can compete on any level with any of these other states as far as Imperial Stouts go. I yeah. absolutely think we can. Um, Every single one of our of our top breweries, uh, the you know the ones that people are seeking and and the beers that are sought after, are coming out with big imperial stouts that are wonderful beers. And um, you know I've talked about the love below. Everybody on earth knows about Hunapu. Um, you know everybody. We've talked about um, the White Russian Imperial Stout. Um, the dude from uh, what's it called up there in Jacksonville from Ardwolf um jay wakefield is putting out incredible stouts as well we've said it for years um that now that that florida water for whatever reason and maybe it's opinion based i'm not a brewer i if brewers would like to weigh in and let me know uh we've we've had this conversation a handful of times i think florida water is very good for stouts and dark beers i think that most breweries are really killing it with the dark beers in florida every single brewery that has that has ventured into stouts has done it successfully in my opinion um so you know i mean look at sea porter it's not a stout but like that's a gold medal beer it's a phenomenal coconut beer um we've talked about in south florida wrap wrap chocolate peanut butter stout yes i mean get the fuck out of here how good is that beer yes and 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 then there's a lot of those peanut butter stouts now that are coming around, especially up in that um, in that Tampa Bay area up there. Uh, different breweries putting up the peanut butter stouts and stuff like that, and they're all really freaking good. So, yeah, I think uh, I think if you put up Florida stouts or Florida dark beers against any other state, we'd hold our own um, without question. I, I think we could go toe to toe with any state with with the dark beers and and fight. But really, I don't think Florida has any style where we couldn't go toe to toe. But I just, I think we're a very diverse beer style state. We don't have anything that we're just like really knocking out of the park. More, I guess I would say our stouts or our dark beers are that. But 
it's not like what we're known for. And it's probably because it's 110 degrees every day and nobody wants to drink an Imperial stout, but uh, it's not like we're stylistically locked into anything in Florida, but I think we could go toe to toe for any style. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that too. I think, I think Florida can really make a name for itself in the stout category and sours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Berliners and I don't mind Goza's. I don't like the vinegar stuff. But I think that Florida can really get a really deep niche with those two styles in terms of, you know, Jay Wakefield sours are some of the best you can get, at least in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and South, I mean, you, you cover Stouts to the T. It's, you know, South Florida has some of the best Stouts in the state and it's fucking 100 degrees down there all the time, pretty much, you know, and we'll see, man. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really... You know, we're winning more awards. We're getting Florida's getting more popular in some of the craft beer scene. We're doing better stuff. Like, no matter how much we may kind of say, you know, Orlando's the, the dirty butthole of Florida, which I still say that's true. As a whole, as a state, we're getting a lot better in terms of what breweries are putting out, and that's nothing but exciting as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of breweries popping up out there in Orlando that you know are redeeming qualities and and Red Cypress I think was the catalyst to really get that ball rolling and that's probably why we love them so much is because they really were the first one up in Orlando that was putting out really quality products so um, right consistency hopefully, too hopefully it just continues to grow and, and and does better up there but it's growing everywhere. I mean, the state is expanding its beer production, and everywhere you go, there's good breweries now. It's insane. Yeah, they're everywhere. So that's all I really wanted to cover the JBF. Um, I was going to save this for a separate episode, but I figured, why not? Let's just dive into it. Uh, it is since we're going on awards, Untapped, the beer app that Jeff doesn't use enough and I use too much, uh, published a article about the same time as JBF on October 5th, about the most checked-in beers of the summer of 2017. Now, Jeff, if he wants to Google it, he can. I'm not going to make him. But I'm going through the list here, and there's there's 50 beers, and we're not going to cover each one. But there's a couple ones I kind of want to point out for bad, for better and for worse. Um, So going starting at 50, you got Sculpin coming at 46. You have DKML from Founders coming at 49. But the first one that really kind of caught my caught my uh, eye coming in at forty five is Elvis Juice by Brewdog with twenty three thousand almost twenty four thousand check ins. Brewdog I can't find anywhere in Florida. So, and and the fact that they're they're kind of like hard to come by, which I found interesting that they got that many check ins in three months. Mm-hmm. Um, Hetty Topper coming at forty. Uh, Lupu Luau IPA from Dogfish, the coconut IPA, Jeff, coming in at 37. So that's that's awesome. That beer just came out in summer, too. Um, going up the list. I just had it. I had it at the wedding. I was just at. Did you like it? Oh. <laughs> I wonder can why. You, can you imagine why? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> did you like I it? Did, I did like it a lot, yeah. It's really good. I loved it. A lot of people say it's it's like coconut water, but I, I beg to differ. No, I didn't think so. I don't think so. Um. So that one came at 37 with 26,300 check-ins. Couple spots, 29, Jeff, Flesh and Blood IPA, also from Dogfish Head. Also had that. Just under 30,000 check-ins. That one was a little bit, that one was a little bit um, like intense for me as a non-IPA lover. It was like a little bit more bitter and and it really 
Um, I mean, it was well balanced. It's Dogfish Head, great beer, obviously you know that. But um, of the two, I really, really, really preferred the uh, the Luau over the the Blood. I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of the same uh, interests too, so I, I mm-hmm. agree with that hundred percent. Two spots above that, coming at twenty seven with thirty thousand three hundred forty five check ins. Highlight IPA by Cigar City, which still, is- yeah, still the best, still old reliable of Florida. I'm surprised, but not surprised. I'm surprised that because it's. I'm surprised it's as high as it is because it's only available in Florida, I think Georgia, then like New York, DC, and like somewhere else. So it's super limited in terms of the the range. Mm-hmm. But it's fucking everywhere in Florida. Like you can't, you can't get so, away from it. So I'm kind of surprised it's as low. As it is and also surprised about how high it is if that makes sense right because it's just such a good ipa for us in orlando and jupiter florida so um spot above that at 26 good old pbr jeff your fave i love me a pbr every now and then oh, yep coming in at 24 60 minute ipa by dogfish with thirty-three thousand one ninety-five check-ins dogfish is killing this list oh and yeah i was all ipas all I ipas I was just counting it, how many they have. Yep. Uh, so 60 minutes coming in just over 33,000 check-ins. Surprise, 22, Budweiser from Anheuser-Busch, 35,845 check-ins. That's low for them. The biggest company worldwide, America's beer per se, 22. So it's an interesting tidbit for good mm-hmm. old, old man Mike right here. Uh, Stone Ghost Hammer IPA, which I don't even know what the fuck that is, other than IPA 20. Uh, it's going up. We're going Stella come, came at 17. Sam Adams Oktoberfest 16. <laughs> and that came out in the summer. <laughs> Dale's Pale at 15. Coors Light coming in at 14. That's that's low too. Everyone loves Coors Light. They just some people don't want to admit it. Yep. I love Coors Light. It's the best. Uh, that's uh, I disagree with that, but it comes in at fourteen with forty three thousand two hundred eighty seven check ins. Fat tires thirteen. Uh, I'm about to just start here. It's fourteen. Fat tire comes in at thirteen. Blue Moon original OG Blue Moon at twelve forty three thousand eight hundred eleven. Sequench ale from Dogfish at good old Hockey Sticks number eleven. Yep, that beer is fucking amazing. It really is. So good. Absolutely amazing. Uh, 44,924 check-ins. Traditional lager Yingling, who's only available east of the Mississippi, comes in at number 10. 45,169. I I would assume that'd be higher for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Yingling is one of those beers that everyone just fucking loves more than Coors Light. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what it is. that I'm ex- I was expecting that to be a lot higher. Uh, Goose, <laughs> Goose Island IPA, for some reason, is number 9. That's a surprise. Um, because everyone shits on Goose Island, at least in the craft beer community I'm around, you, they scoff I, at Goose Island until it's. Yeah, I don't time. know. It just keeps it just keeps going. It just yeah. like I feel. I thought I've been thinking for years that that company was going to fold, and then it never does. Yeah, for so that's that's a, a huge surprise for me because it's like so many people shit on them, and and they're they're somehow number nine, and their IP is it's not that it's bad. It's just not. I would never buy it. Coming at number eight, 
Lagunitas's IPA, which also something I would not buy because it's not, I don't like West Coast. And despite the fact Lagunitas is owned by, I believe, Heineken, uh, yep. that's macro beer. Still a good beer, though. I support it. Number seven, Bell's Too Hearted. Fucking delish. I am not surprised it's there. It deserves to be there. It deserves to be in the, in the, in the top 10. For sure, 48,735 check-ins. Number six, Corona Extra, 48,841 check-ins. That is number six, Corona Extra. Number five, Miller Lite, gross, terrible. It's the worst out of all of them. Um, Number four, Bud Light and Isaac Bush, just over 50,000. Heineken comes in number three with 58, so there's an 8,000 different check-in between three and four. Number two and number one, Jeff, are the biggest surprises of this entire list. I didn't think number two was the biggest surprise, but number one really fucking surprised me. I, for, number Both of them surprised the shit out of me because you're thinking summer temperatures are hotter. No one's really going to lean towards a darker beer, but for some reason, Guinness Drought is at number two. Barely, by like 500 check-ins. Guinness Drought, the second most checked-in beer for the summer of 2017. In an era where it's hot as balls, that beer is number two, man. It outbeat all those big Bud Light, Budweiser, Miller Light, Coors. It beat out all of them because it's better. Uh, uh, I don't know that. And then number one, I would have never guessed in a million years this beer by how many? Is by six, a landslide. By over sixty-one hundred check-ins, the number one most checked-in beer of the summer of twenty seventeen, according to Untapped, is All Day IPA by Founders. <laughs> Like how I just don't get that at all. I don't, I don't get that. Like I haven't drank a founders all day in like, like years. I know Jay's being on it. Uh, the founders and that is a true session IPA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's you ain't kidding. Three and a half percent was like three and a half percent. Drink them. You can literally drink them all day. Well, this beer surprised me on so many levels, not only because it's a founders beer, not only because it's a craft beer, but the fact that, and we've been quoted as saying session IPAs are dead. The industry and trends have been saying session IPAs are dead. But here we are talking about the number one most checked in beer of the summer of 2017 is a session IPA, a session craft IPA. Absolutely crazy, Jeff. You watch yep. the football game? <laughs> I'm not. No. So that, that really surprised me. Shout out to founders. I don't think they listen to the show, but who gives a fuck? I'll give them a shout out. <laughs> But uh, but you yeah, can I mean, you should listen to the show, guys. Come on. Hey, what the fuck? I have to tweet at him. So that's pretty much. I wanted to save this, but I was like, "Fuck it, let's just drag forty nine a little bit longer. Let's knock it out. <laughs> let's just bang it out." So um, yeah, that surprised me. So props to founders. All the IPA you can get it every everywhere. Not got the hiccups. Yeah. So uh, this house balls in this room. Anyway. Let's just wrap it up, man. This is this is not. I'm getting that. I'm getting that feeling of of now's a good time to uh, end the show. I man. got so, that uh, feeling. Now we're gonna do the uh, on again, off again, on again, plug it anywhere section. So Jeff, plug it, plug it, plug it, plug it, plug. What do uh, we have going on? Here? Oh my God, what don't I have going on? Jesus Christ. Um, well, uh, my last wedding of the year is over, so I'm done with that. So now I'm not traveling as much. So I will be back on the show every fucking yeah. week yes. for eternity until you guys get tired of me so that's yes. i'm gonna plug myself back into the show yes. um plug, unless you, unless you fire me 
Um, never. Um, the never employee. I know Mike's going to cover it, but the store is up. The shirts are cool. I bought them. They're really comfy. They look good. Uh, we did a 15-person cider chug at Derek and Deanna's wedding yesterday. So was, I almost cried when I saw that. I was so happy. <laughs> so many Mackenzie's cherries. We just were crushing Mackenzie's cherry ciders. Um, it was uh, it was great. So the Cider Chug Club is very much alive and well. Shout out to Zach Richalski because he was there and chugging with me, the godfather himself. That's right. CCC is on. Bigger than ever. So, yeah. Yeah, so head on over. I said in the beginning of the episode, but head on over to the website at thebarpockets.com. Click on the store. The shirts are there. Uh, I'm not sure on price. I think we dropped the price a little bit. I'm not sure yet. Probably. More likely. And then hopefully I'll have the second shirt up super soon. Uh, it's going to be a very cool shirt. Not sure which one I'm going to do yet. There's a couple of designs that are near completion. But uh, we'll do that. So check out the shirt. So it's the only way and the most direct way to support the show. So be sure to do that so we can do better things, get get all better and more interviews and visit places and be able to uh, get the inside scoop. and, and So we can guys. actually afford to entertain you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have a budget. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's the best way, guys. And that will more than likely be the best way for the foreseeable future. Um, so, so pretty much that's my first half plug. And then my second plug would be episode 50 guys is coming up soon. We are in the works. We want to do something special. We have a couple ideas, none of them concrete yet, but episode 50 is going to be up. We're going to do something cool and something different. And hopefully it's a shit show and, uh, entertaining as always. Cause that's what we always want to do. Be informative. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to drink 50 beers, one for every episode we've done. Yeah. So, and I'm not even sure on topic. We I don't know if we're going to have like a normal topic or if we're going to reminisce or what. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do yet. We got to figure that out. But episode 50 is going to be legit. It's going to be maybe awesome. Maybe that's maybe that's the time we finally just put together all of the Jeffisms that we've collected over oh 49 God. episodes. Right. See you next four. year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's 49 episodes, and each one is at least an hour long, and some are like two and a half hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I might I might pull some. There's a there's I know the Lauderdale episode. We we said a couple funny stuff, the funky. But there's a couple episodes I remember that we said some funny things. I might I might pull the audio from and kind of play it yeah. over. Yeah, I mean, there's like a hundred different ways that I've talked about taking poops on this show. So yeah, they're all on there. A little old duty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll wrap it up there, guys. So thanks again for listening to episode 49 of At The Bar Podcast. Again, check out the website, atthebarpodcast.com, for everything the show. It has all of our links to all of the social media and all the places and avenues you can get the show for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. The web- Even the website, you can put in your favorites. Mm-hmm. Look at beautiful pictures of me and Jeff every day when you're at work bored, not wanting to work, and your boss is outing you. But anyway. Yep. Once again, guys, thanks again for listening and watching. And until next time, we will see you at the bar. Peace. Peace.